What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Recover Out Loud, episode number 78, brought to you by the Anti-Social Network. Today, we got a super awesome guest, really cool dude. It's Ryan Duffy from Omaha, Arkansas. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Sean? I'm good, man. I'm good. Can't complain. It's nice weather outside. It's nice and hot. So, like I said, I can't complain. It's beautiful weather. Absolutely. Yeah, it's outstanding. So, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself, Ryan? Yeah, uh, well, appreciate you having me on. Uh, my name is Ryan Duffy. I'm a co-owner of Duffy Homes Realty in uh, Branson, Missouri. Um, also just founded Four Keys Management um, out of Venita, Oklahoma. Um, own Ozark Mountain Vacations. Uh, we're also we're that's centered in Omaha, Arkansas. We uh, uh, run and manage vacation rental Airbnb type properties here on Table Rock Lake. Uh, we're dabbling in some land development and some commercial leasing. That is awesome. That is awesome. You're a busy man. Yeah. Yeah. I like to stay busy. You know, I guess it's, uh, you know, just part of, part of what, uh, keeps my mind off of things, huh? Yeah, definitely. What, what, what got you into this field? Because we're going to talk about what you were used to do prior to, to this, but what got you in this field? Um, so my wife and I, you know, when we first got together, we always, you know, would kind of, kind of dream on what we wanted to do. And we, you know, we kind of landed on development. We weren't really sure why we just wanted to get into real estate in some capacity, and build things and build communities and that and that sort of thing. So, um, I mean, it was uh, it was not a straight traje- trajectory, you know. It, uh, you know, I was a fireman in Chicago for nine years. Uh, my wife got her degree in interior design initially, and um, you know, we uh, we we always pictured ourselves doing the thirty-year program, pensioning out, and then retiring to Florida, like you know a lot of other people do. But um, you know, about six months into my firefighting career, I I sustained a pretty serious back injury and. Uh, started going down the path of, um, you know, uh, multiple surgeries and painkillers and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, long story short, you know, it reached a point where I just couldn't do the job anymore. And uh, and we just uprooted our family and moved to Omaha, Arkansas, and um, and had to reinvent ourselves. So, you know, we'd always had that passion, that dream of, um, of doing real estate development, just weren't really sure how to go about it. So, um, as soon as we moved here, Shay got her real estate license. Um, I got my general contractor's license. I started building homes. She started selling homes. And then after a few years, our paths converged and I got my license initially as a realtor and then a broker. And, and, uh, now here we are seven years after we moved from Chicago to Omaha. And, um, this is what we're doing. Highly successful. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and, and, what you told me before before we uh, we hit record is is you you're in charge or you just got the contract for a new theme park coming into Oklahoma. Well, I mean we're we're involved in a very small capacity. So um, so one of my partners um, at the brokerage, um, his his family is is spearheading the the development. So um, so we were we were tagged to come in and help them out with um, with the commercial leasing operations for um, for the stuff that's going off site. So we're, we're really excited about that. So, so we just recently got our Oklahoma broker's license and, um, and we've got some meetings this week and, uh, and just kind of, kind of diving into it head first to see, see what our role is actually going to be. But, um, it's a pretty exciting development. It's, um, you know, a Disney quality theme park in the middle of the country. So it should be something special. That's super awesome. That's really cool. And, and really cool to hear, uh, because I haven't been to Oklahoma in a while. I, I was stationed there when I was in the Army for a little bit and then left there. And, oh, yeah. Fort Sill? Yeah, oh, I hate that place yeah, with passion. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> oh, I hate that with a passion. Uh, that, yeah. that place sucks. 
Yeah, yeah. that's pretty brutal. Were you, yeah. were you a gun bunny? Uh, no, so I was a 13 Fox. I was the redhead okay. out of the combat arms. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I hated that place. I did my basic and AIT there and then left and went on to do bitter, bigger and better things. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's where I did my basic too. <laughs> so nice. no, it's it's nothing like it's nothing like uh like Lawton, Oklahoma. No, this is this is going into uh Venita, Oklahoma, far northeast, uh, about an hour outside of Tulsa, um, right in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. So nice. um different 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 uh geography. It's it's pretty out there. So um yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Grand Lake is right there, so there's gonna be all kinds of stuff on the lake and then you know the theme park itself. So it should be pretty neat. Yeah. That's exciting. All right, man. So we're going to get into it. Uh, what was it like in your active addiction or what led you into addiction? Uh, following doctor's orders, you know. So, um, you know, when I had my first injury, I was 20, I want to say 22. Uh, I herniated my L5-S1 lumbar. And, um, you know, it's you know, I, like I said, I was right on the job. So I was right out of the fire academy. I was the new guy. Um, just doing something stupid during a fire and I felt something pop and, you know, being the new guy, I didn't want to say anything to anybody. So I just, just kind of walked it off and, um, initially thought I just pulled a, pulled a hamstring. I felt a sharp pain in my leg, you know, and, um, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, getting, getting home after shift that day. And I, I was actually going on vacation after that shift. And, um, and by the end of the vacation, I, I couldn't walk. I was 22 years old and I was hobbling into urgent care with a cane. And, um, I must, I must've looked like the biggest junkie, you know, I was actually one, one of the first times I came to visit the Branson area. So I just, I just got off shift. I woke up the next day. My leg is killing me. I can barely walk. And we drove eight and a half hours just South of Branson, Missouri. And I walk into an urgent care and I just go, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm in a ton of pain. Can you please give me something for it? And they look at me like, you know, I'm the biggest asshole in the world. They're like, all right, here's some, here's some muscle relaxants. You'll be fine. And, uh, and so I just kind of toughed it out. And, uh, and honestly just self-medicated. I mean, I think I spent that week just, just basically pounding whiskey because I, I was in so much pain and, uh, get back home, get an MRI, get a call back from, from the doctor. He's like, man, you must be in a lot of pain. You got a pretty bad herniation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. So, um, you know, uh, at, at the time I just, you know, uh, they, they prescribed me uh, Norco to, to get through it quote unquote. Right. And, um, I, and I was taking Norco from that point on for about five years, uh, daily, and, um, you know, I, I tried to try to power through it and avoid surgery at all costs, which, um, you know, at the time I had what I thought was a pretty good, you know, Blue Cross PPO plan through the city. So I got to pick and choose my doctors, you know. So the first doctor I talked to, you know, looked at me, looked at my scans. He's like, you need to have, you know, uh, at least a two level fusion. You know, at this point, you know, L4, L5 was herniated, too. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went to another doctor and that doctor's like, uh, well, then I went to a pain management doctor, pain management guys like, oh, you don't need surgery. You know, pills will do it for you and injections. Cool. So I went down that route for, for years and, um, you know, it just, it just snowballed, you know? So I was 22 when I had my first injury. I, you know, I did some lifestyle changes. I lost a little weight, started doing yoga. Um, that seemed to mitigate things, you know, and then, um, probably two or three years after that had another serious herniation L4, L5, uh, got worse. Um, and you know, at that point in time, you know, I was, I was starting to do regular injections as well. So the uh, epidural injections, um, and they just kept raising my dosage on the Norco. And I remember probably being about four years into this process. Uh, it was right when uh, the state of Illinois started their medical marijuana, marijuana program. And at the time I was taking eight Norco a day and I was, I was chasing that with, you know, a handful of leave every day too. 
And uh, so I went in my pain management guy concerned about, you know, my liver enzymes, you know, I'm like, I'm taking, I'm taking a fistful of pills every day. Like this can't be good. And, um, and I, so I talked to him, like, what do you think about this whole medical marijuana thing? And he looked me dead in the eye. He goes, as far as I'm concerned, it's no different than freebasing. I'm, I'm like freebasing. And they're like smoking cocaine. He's like, yep, there's no science behind it. There's no proof that it does anything. But he's like, you're right. Taking eight Norco a day is bad. There's too much acetaminophen in there. It's going to hurt your liver. So then he had me a script for, uh, for Oxycontin. And then I spent the next year on Oxycontin. Um, so, um, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it was insidious. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't going out to get high. You know, I was, you know, I was trying to stay on the job and trying to avoid having surgery. And, um, you know, it just, it just snowballed. And, you know, I, I quickly reached the point where, you know, even on my good days, you know, I'd, you know, most days I wake up, you know, just in a ton of pain and I'd have to, you know, I'd have to reach for a pill. And then I, I noticed towards, towards the end, you know, there'd be some days where I wake up and I'm like, I could tell like, this is, this is wearing on me. And I would, I would try to not take a pill and I'd feel like shit the whole day. And I'd have these mood swings and I'd feel physically ill. And, um, and then I remember having my, my very first surgery, my, my L5 S1, uh, disc ruptured on me actually, while I was on a waiting list to go fly overseas to have a procedure done, which is a different story. Um, so, uh, so the, the disc ruptured and it was just, you know, the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And, um, it was probably about a week, 10 days where I just, I just tried to suck it up because I was waiting to go fly and have the surgery. Uh, and I knew if I did anything else, I, that, that would, that would kill that deal. So, um, so I spent about a week just taking Oxycontin like they're Tic Tacs and chasing them with, uh, with whiskey. And, uh, I don't know how, how I didn't die. I mean, it's, it, it took everything I had just to, just to not be screaming out in pain constantly. And then finally, I just, I looked over at my wife and I said, just bring me, bring me the nearest emergency room. I can't do this anymore. And, uh, so they went in, they did what they call a microdiscectomy, laminectomy. You know, they took, took the, you know, kind of cleaned up the disc and got it off the nerve and everything. And, and that was the first time I woke up and, and I felt reasonably good, you know, and I could, I could actually walk without a cane and, you know, I, I didn't need to go take a, take an oxy, but, um, but that started, you know, that, that started, you know, the path down withdrawal and trying to, trying to recover and get off of it. And, um, you know, the irony is, you know, Blue Cross is happy to, to toss you a hundred Oxycontin a month, but then if you try, try to go and, and get sober, they won't do shit for you, you know? Um, you know, I did all kinds of research. I tried to go cold Turkey. That didn't work. I tried to ease off of it. That didn't work. And, um, so I ended up finding a clinic that did, um, suboxone treatments and, um, and that, that's what ultimately, you know, helped, helped me taper off. But, um, but it was a struggle, man. I mean, I had to pay cash out of pocket every month for it, you know, cause blue cross wouldn't touch it, you know? Yeah. So, um, it was, it was brutal, but it, it was definitely, you know, insidious, you know, at, at no point until the very end did I even think, man, I'm, I'm addicted, you know, I'm, I, I can't function without this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, but then once, once I realized it was a problem, it's, it was, it was like, I dug myself in a hole that I couldn't get out of, you know, and I was having all these, these, these mood swings and, you know, my, my marriage was on the rocks, you know, I was just constantly snapping at my wife and, you know, my son at the time was like six months old. And, um, and I don't even remember like the triggering event, but you know, there was, we got into a fight while we were selling our house. And, um, and I think I just, I don't know if I lunged at her or I just raised my voice or something, but I scared her, you know, I scared her to the point where she took my son and she drove to her parents' house and, and left me for three or four days. And I just sat there just kind of wallowing in my own, you know, my own depression and just, um, 
just anger and just couldn't realize, couldn't figure out what was wrong, but I'm sitting there popping pills and just realized like, this is it. Like, I can't think straight. I can't function. You know, uh, I've spent the last, you know, four or five years of my life just trying to, trying to, to, to avoid pain and realize like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a freaking junkie. I mean, I can't even, I can't think straight. I can't maintain my relationships. So it was, um, you know, it was scary. It was eye opening. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, uh, I think one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, issues that are facing America today, and it has been for a while, is is prescription medications because you take them as prescribed, especially if they have a you know habit forming um, side effects. Man, like you take them as prescribed, well, naturally your body grows dependent on that, or or they up your dose because you know the pain levels are starting to increase. You're starting to build a tolerance. And that's what it sounded like uh, with you. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the first the first time I took an oxy, you know, half of one knocked me out for two hours, and then you know, within within a month, I was at the point where I was taking two or three a day, and um, you know, I, I've I've and, you know ended up doing all kinds of research on this stuff after the fact, you know, but um, you know, op- opioids are are poison. I mean, it's it's terrible for you. There's there's no reason why doctors should be prescribing this stuff long term. You know, if you if you have a traumatic injury and you need you need something just to get you through for a few days, you know, I, I could see I could see where that would be an effective use of it. But um, but from everything I've read over the years and talking to other people that have, have gone through this 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 journey and this hell, I mean, there's there's just nothing good about it. And, um, you know, you, you reach a point where we're taking these things on a daily basis actually lowers your pain threshold. You actually you know, there's been studies that have come out that, that show that. Uh, you know, with, with placebo, you're actually better off than, than, than if you were to take, take, um, you know, Vicodin or, or, or Norco on a regular basis, because it just, it just tricks you. Your mind just, just craves it more and more. So it makes you think you're in more pain just so you can take, take another pill. Yeah. Um, so you start to get, you know, you, you, you go and start taking, you know, doing the, uh, MAT, the, the medicine assisted, uh, treatment route. Um, how was that transition for you going from, you know, the oxy and, and the pills that they were prescribing you to this, to, uh, was, to Suboxone? It was terrible. I mean, um, it was better than just trying to quit cold turkey, you know, because, um, you know, the, the physical effects weren't as bad. You know, I still felt pretty ill for I don't know, two or three weeks when I started with Suboxone. But the, the hardest part for me was just that um, the brain fog. You know, the brain fog, the depression, um, I, I felt like, I felt like I had a mild flu for the better part of the next year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just couldn't, couldn't fire on all cylinders. And, um, and it, it and, and again, it's like a, like a self-sustaining cycle with all these pills and everything too. So, you know, towards the end when I'm, when I'm ready to start getting off the painkillers at this point, I'm also on antidepressants. I'm also on, um, Adderall, you know, cause I, you know, after a couple of years of being on, on, you know, opioids on a regular basis, like, man, I just can't, I can't think, I can't focus. And so, you know, having the PPO, I go to another specialist and like, oh yeah, you've got a dull onset ADHD. Here's some Adderall. Um, so, I mean, it just, it just fed into all of it, you know? So, so even more so I'm at, at a point where, you know, not, not only do I need a painkiller to function, but I need an antidepressant. I also need an upper, you know, and then I'm having trouble sleeping at night. So, uh, so they had me on some kind of sleeping pills. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at one point, you know, in my mid twenties, I think I was taking, um, I was taking like eight or nine different prescription drugs on a regular basis. Um, but, um, but, and that, that, that kind of played into the struggle too, I think, because, you know, as I'm, as I'm trying to, trying to come off the, the painkillers, you know, I'm also realizing like, well, shit, man, I got to take a, I, I got to take an upper just to, just to think, just to get, you know, just to get my, 
my, my, my, my business settled every day. So, um, so I was trying to taper off of that at the same time. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was brutal. I, I, re- I really feel like it, it took me the better part of a year, um, before, before I could even think clearly, um, mm. you know, aside from the, the physical effects. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a struggle. And, and, you know, I was, I was blessed to have, um, have the support structure I've got, you know, my wife stood by me through all this, um, you know, it, she could have very easily just thrown in the towel. Um, you know, I had a, had a great job with the fire department It offered fantastic medical benefits, you know, paid leave, that sort of thing. So, um, so I think, I think the story could have ended much differently had, had I not had those, those two factors in my life, you know, my, my family and, and the job at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started my recovery, even before I, uh, I had this, this, um, this bias, right. Toward, toward MAT, like my, my recovery went a little bit differently. I ended up in jail at one point and I seen people abusing Suboxone. And like, to me, when I, when I got out of jail, I was like, Oh, somebody said, Oh, I, you know, I've been prescribed Suboxone. I was like, you know what? No, you're just, you're, you're, you're continuing your sickness. And I got to this point where I met uh, I, I, I reconnected with one of my friends from the army and he was like, yeah, dude, I take some boxing and this is what I've done. And this is how my doses have lowered. And I was like, holy crap. Right. So have you ever encountered that when, when, you know, you talk about like, Hey, um, I, you know, I took some boxing, uh, to help get, help get me clean. Have, have you ever encountered anybody that's been like, Oh, you know, uh, you're just still using, you're just supplementing. Uh, no, but honestly, I was, you know, I tried to be pretty, pretty guarded with, you know, with how I went through it. I mean, I didn't, you know, at the, at the time when it all hit the fan, um, I had, I had effectively, you know, ruined most of my friendships. You know, I didn't keep in touch with a lot of people that I, you know, I was close with and I was pretty isolated, you know, aside from just, just my wife and my son. Um, you know, for, for me, it was, you know, the hardest part was just mentally coming to that point where I realized I needed, needed help. You know, it was, it was hard, hard enough for me to go to the, to the clinic for the Suboxone, um, you know, but uh, one of the, one of the things that I fought tooth and nail was, uh, was trying to look into any kind of like recovery groups. You know, I, I really didn't want to talk to anybody about it. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I think to a certain level admit that I, you know, I, I didn't have the strength to get through it on my own. Um, and that was one of the things that my wife and I fought about, you know, um, for a while was, you know, she wanted me to get into N.A., you know, and, uh, and, and go to groups and talk and, and, um, Catholic, but I, I, Oh, looks like we might have lost Ryan. Give me a second. We will get him back in. Uh, but anyways, let me use this time right now. I don't know what happened around. There he is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know what I, happens, man. It, yeah. Not- yeah. My, 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 my apologies. I was supposed to be in the office for this today, but I got tied up. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for me, like I, you know, having, having the strength to help, I mean, I, I didn't have that, you know, I, I couldn't ask for help, you know, which I think was, was one of the things that, 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 that drug this process out for me. Um, so I, I was, like I was saying, I was, I was raised Catholic, um, but I never really practiced, you know, I, I kind of, kind of, you know, pushed off organized religion for most of my, my early adult life. Um, my wife and I never went to church together until we moved to the Branson area. And, um, and I feel like that, that was one of the things that, that helped me get over that hump was, was finding faith. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not by any means a good Christian, you know, I, I try to be, but, um, I, I think that's, that's what really, 
really helped push me over the hump was, you know, admitting that, you know, I don't have the strength to get through this on my own and leaning, leaning into faith to, to help me get over that. So um, wish I would have done that sooner. Cause I think it would have, it would have saved a lot of, a lot of trouble and heartbreak, but um, you know, that's, that's just kind of, kind of how, how my story played out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people that uh, faith helped them out. Uh, some people were able to co- quit cold turkey and that's, that worked for them. For me, I couldn't do that. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like, let's test the waters. Let's see what works for me and what doesn't. Um, so you start to get clean. Um, how long have you been sober now? Since uh, 20, September of 2016. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say that, um, you know, it, it was weird. I mean, for the longest time, you know, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop, you know, just, you know, a little, just a little bit here and there. And, um, you know, for, for us, it, you know, for me, it, it just really took a hard break, you know? So, you know, we, we uprooted our family. I know most people don't, don't have this option, don't have, have, have the, the margin for it, but, um, you know, we sold our house in Chicago. We had bought at the right time after the crash and, you know, did some sweat equity and, and, and had some money that we could cash out when we sold it. And we had just enough, uh, just enough in the bank to, um, uh, put a down payment on a house in, you know, Omaha, Arkansas, which I'd never heard of before at this point in time. And, um, and, you know, I had some paid medical leave from the fire department and, uh, and so it allowed us to, to just completely break off and start, start fresh. And, um, and that's when, that's when we, we came to faith. That's when, um, we were, we became pregnant with our second child with Lana, uh, when we were having fertility issues up until that point too. So, um, you know, that was another, just another point of, um, you know, of struggle for us, you know, within our family life. And, um, but I felt like once, once we moved here and that's, that's when we moved was September of 2016. Um, you know, it, it just, it just made it easier to, to start that new, that new life, I guess you could say. Uh, I feel like if I would have stayed, stayed where I was, it would have been easy to fall back in old habits. Oh, definitely. Now I ask all my guests that have had some kind of long-term sobriety, how was the pandemic for you in recovery? Um, so we had kind of a unique situation where we're at. Um, I'm out in the country at the time we were homeschooling. Um, most of our work is remote anyways. So, um, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, uh, constant toilet paper shortages and people freaking out on Facebook, we would have never known anything was going on, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know where in the country you're located, but, um, you know, rural Southwest Missouri, North Arkansas, um, played the, the, played the pandemic off a lot differently than some other urban areas. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I was in Alaska at the time. I was uh, just medically retired from the army. And so I was up there and then, uh, I live now in Maryland. So okay. drastic change, uh, of geography, but, uh, yeah, the pandemic was a little weird, but also I got sober in the pandemic. So for me, that was like, when they said, stay home, I was like, ah, oh, cool. I could stay at home. I don't have to worry <laughs> about anything. Fine. Awesome. Fine. I'll do that. I'll do that. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I like to ask that question because everybody's, uh, everybody's different, right? So for you, it didn't affect you at all because you're out in, you're out in, in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And, and other people might have been, you know, in the inner city where they felt disconnected for the first time in a long time. I'm okay with not being around people. So it didn't really bother me, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so obviously aside from aside from your business what are you doing now to maintain what you got 
Uh, you know, I, we, my wife and I really just keep ourselves busier than we want to be. So, I mean, I don't even have time to, to sit and think or, you know, give myself a chance to, to want to do anything else. Um, and I don't know if that's the healthiest uh, answer long-term, you know, uh, I definitely feel it, you know, um, in terms of like family time and spending time with our kids. I mean, we're workaholics. So, um, you know, but we do work remotely a lot and we have an opportunity to, you know, take our kids out on the boat and, you know, we might be on our phones or on our laptop, but at least we're with the kids while they're swimming and playing out in the sun. So, um, you know, really, really for me, it's just, I, I don't know. I've just, I've just fallen in this mentality where I, I, I don't give myself any free time. Again, I don't know if that's a healthy solution, you know, it may not be in the long run, but, um, but that just seems to be what works for me right now. But it's a solution nonetheless. Yeah. What, what is, what is the biggest lesson that you would, that you would say that you learned in your recovery about yourself? You need to take responsibility for yourself. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think on a certain level, I knew, you know, throughout the years that what I was doing and, and the, the dosages I was starting to take and everything else was irresponsible and was going to cause me trouble in the long run. But I just kept telling myself, I mean, if, it's good enough for the doctors. Doctors are telling me to do this. You know, it's, it's probably the best thing for me. Um, I think I, you know, looking back, you know, it, it's, I, I should have known better, you know, and it's, it's, it's easy to look, look back and, you know, hindsight 2020 and everything, but, um, you know, everything that I did, it was my own fault. And, um, and I, I think, I think that was, that was a mindset change that needed to happen too, before I could, could start to fully recover was realized that, you know, my mood swings and, um, and my everything, everything I was doing was all entirely my fault. And I'm under control, you know, of, of that. There's certain aspects of my life that I'm not in control of, but what I choose to put in my body and how I choose to treat the people around me are entirely under my control. And I think, I think once I realized that it, it made it, it made it easier for me, I think to, to, to do what I had to do to, to, to force myself into recovery. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I think personal accountability is huge, especially when it comes to, to, uh, your own accountability. Right. I, I tell the story on my, on, on, on the show quite frequently, but, uh, I had somebody pretty much say to me and my, what kicked off my recovery was I created all these problems in my life. And once I took accountability and accepted that, then life would start to get easier for me. And at first I was like, nah, screw him. Who does he think he is talking to me like that, right? But then, like, I thought about it. And I was like, he's absolutely right because I've never held myself accountable until that point. And so you bring you do bring up a very good point of personal accountability. Um, before we get going, uh, what is one or two pieces of advice that you would give to somebody that's struggling, that was in the position that you were in, uh, that wants to get clean, wants to get sober? Um, that's a good question. I. I would say, and again, this is, this is my own, my own journey. I know it's different for everybody else, but, um, you know, have faith and lean on your family. Um, cause those were two things that I think I really pushed off actively, you know, as, as I was kind of starting to spiral out of control, you know, I felt like, um, you know, I, I don't know if I, I ever believed that there was, there was not a God, but if there was like it, I, it, it didn't matter or I, I, I could, you know, I could create my own destiny. I, I don't even know. I, honestly, I, I look back at those years and it was just a haze, you know? Um, but, um, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest things for me were, you know, just admitting that, 
that I was losing control of it and that I needed help. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the blanket answer is for anyone looking to get help. Um, but for me, it was, you know, like, like you just touched on too, it, it take responsibility. I mean, if, if things are going south in your life, it's, it's probably your fault, you know? And I mean, there's always external forces you could point towards and say, well, this guy is not being fair to me. This person doesn't like me. You know, it's, it, you know, I've, it's not my fault because I'm in pain. You know, uh, you can say it's not my fault all day long, but that's not going to change anything. So, um, I think that's, that's the biggest, the biggest thing is just take responsibility for your life. And, and if you want to make a change, do it, you know, and it, it doesn't have to happen overnight, but you have to have that mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Ryan, before we go, uh, where can we find you at brother? So, uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Ryan Duffy, um, with, uh, Duffy Homes Branson, um, on Facebook, uh, Duffy Homes LLC.com. Um, and then you can also find us on YouTube and Instagram. Um, but those are, you know, Facebook's our, our biggest outlet. So. Absolutely. And all the links for Ryan will be down below in the description. You can check him out. Go check him out. He's an awesome guy. I'm excited that he came here and shared his story with us and shared his success, his success because, you know, it's amazing to see people go from, you know, where they were to where they are now and to see the transformation. So, Ryan, I want to take a moment and say thank you for hanging out with me and sharing your story. Sean, thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And everybody, thank you for hanging out with us and, and listening to Ryan. And until next time, hope you guys have a good day. Much love.